We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. everyone and welcome to Chick Chat, the Baby Chick Podcast. I'm your host, Nina Spears, the Baby Chick. Today I'm chatting with Sarah Kuhn, wife, mother of three, host of the Juna Women Podcast, and the founder of Juna, a fitness and nutrition app for pregnancy and postpartum. Sarah is a pre- and postnatal exercise specialist and has spent the last 10 years of her career building, launching, and marketing digital fitness products like Beachbody On Demand. Sarah realized there was a serious gap in the market during her own path of motherhood and started on her mission to create the product that she wished she had during her pregnancy and beyond. This is how Juna was born. With my due date just around the corner, I wanted to chat with Sarah about exercising after birth, what we can do, what we can't do, when we can get started, and more. As a pre- and postnatal exercise specialist, I knew that Sarah would be a great person to talk to, especially since she is a mother herself and has done this a few times too. So let's welcome Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Thank you for joining me today on our podcast, Chick Chat. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Of course. It's been you guys who are listening. I got to talk to Sarah when she was just pregnant with her third baby. Like she hadn't even announced it yet to her following. (laughs) And she was like, oh, shoot. So I'm talking about this now. I better announce it before your podcast goes live. I forgot about that. I know. And now you're a mom of three. How is life of of being a mother of three? It's insane. It is as insane as people (laughs) warn you. You know, like so many people were like, the transition from two to three is the hardest. And I remember thinking, how hard could it be? And it is, it is life-changingly hard. (laughs) But I'm sure you're handling it with grace. Maybe not in 2020 because all of us are just kind of like, you know, thrown all everything out the window, but surviving, right? Surviving. Definitely (laughs) surviving. (laughs) I love it. Awesome. Well, I'm currently expecting my second little one and have been a lot more mindful about staying active during this pregnancy and working out about two to four times a week. Good for you. Thank you. I've been, you know, got to try. But after baby girl arrives, I want to continue my efforts and make sure that I take care of myself so that I can be back and stronger than ever. And, you know, the standard statement of, oh, you can resume sex and physical activity six weeks post-birth. I know that there has to be more to it because every woman and body is so different and I needed to dig deeper. So I am excited to get all the details from you, Sarah, on what's safe and effective. But before we jump into this whole topic, Sarah, please tell us a little bit about yourself for our listeners that haven't met you. Sure. Hi, I am Sarah Kuhn. I am a mom of three, as we've been talking 
about. I have a six-month-old, a two-and-a-half-year-old, and a four-year-old. And so it has been a little nutso in my house. I'm also the founder of Juna, which is a pre- and postnatal fitness and nutrition app. Actually, we're now, we now have a program for the trying to conceive journey as well. So Amazing. I guess we, we have you covered for the entire motherhood journey. I'm also the mom behind the Juna.moms account on Instagram, and I'm a pre and postnatal fitness exercise specialist. You know, Juna was born out of the necessity. Like when I was pregnant for the first time, I, you know, had been in fitness my entire life, but just didn't know what was safe or, you know, effective for pregnancy. And so with my first pregnancy, I kind of just like floundered and had no idea what to do. And with my second pregnancy, it was, I got a little bit better because I had done it before. And then that was really when I, I decided to work on my own project so that no other mothers would feel as helpless as I did, I guess. And so that's what, that's where Juna came from. I love that. I love that. Tell me, I'm curious, where did the name Juna come from? Oh, it's funny. So many people ask. So actually, Juno is the goddess of marriage and childbirth. And I just like loved that. I thought it was so fitting, but Juno feels a little masculine. And so I just changed the O to an A and there she was. <laughs> I love it. Okay, cool. Yeah. Cause I was going to say, I'm sure people who are listening are going to ask like, what, where did that come from? Where was the inspiration? So that's so amazing. And Obviously, everything you just said. So you're not a slacker. You like have all of the plates and all <laughs> and all of the things going on. So that's amazing, amazing. So thank you for creating such a great platform for us mamas to get more information about health and fitness and all that good stuff during motherhood. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So as a mom of three and a prenatal and postnatal exercise specialist, explain to us what happens to a woman's body after birth. And that's, you know, vaginal or cesarean. Yeah. So, you know, it starts, I guess like we can start with what happens during your pregnancy and I won't go all the way into it, but, you know, your body is like, there's so many postural changes that happen during pregnancy. You also have relaxin, which is, you know, putting laxity in your muscles and ligaments. And so there's all these things that kind of get you out of alignment and you start making compensations and you get back pain and hip pain. And so all those things are happening. And if you're not exercising during pregnancy, then those compensations that you're making can also be a hindrance in your postpartum life as well. But so what happens during postpartum is if let's go through, like I'll talk you through a vaginal birth, your pelvic floor to accommodate a baby, you know, has to stretch almost three times its length so that your pelvic floor has to recover. When you have a C-section, your abs are completely compromised, so abdominal control is really challenged. Well, your core muscles can take anywhere from six to eight weeks to heal and return to normal length, and then your uterus also has to heal and return back to normal size. So those are all the things that are going on with your body, but then also you have a new baby that you, you know, if you're a first time mom, this is all the like the very first time you're experiencing this. So you're if you're breastfeeding, you're figuring out how to breastfeed, you're caring for a newborn, you're not sleeping. All of these things are like really stressful for your body. And so it doesn't make healing as easy. There's a lot going on. And you know, it's not just 
it's not, I mean, also I, I, that's not even me talking about the emotional side and stress of what happens after you've had a baby, but your body has been through a little bit of a marathon and it needs time to recover and heal. Yeah. We actually read a study that giving birth, whether vaginal or cesarean, is actually harder than running a marathon, which I 100% agree. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah. I think about when you actually think about the la- like just managing labor, I had it was different every time for me. And I think, you know, we'll touch on that a little bit later too. But like the, I did an unmedicated home birth with my last birth and oh, like it felt, amazing. Yeah, it, it really was. It was like the most incredible experience of my life. But, uh, and it's like, I'm, I'm totally done having children, but like that experience, I like, I want it again. Oh, <laughs> that's amazing. I love that. I, love I don't it. think you'll hear a lot of people say they want the birth, yeah, but not the baby. But not. But yeah, it was, it felt like an athletic event. Like it was, you know, it was like four hours of just intensely managing very, very fast back-to-back contractions. And then, you know, just a very quick delivery of the baby. And I, you know, was doing it standing up. And and so it was just, it felt like, so it is, it's an athletic event. (laughs) It really is. I mean, mamas, no matter how it happens, like your body is going through so much. So Yeah. It's nice hearing from a a specialist who can really say like, yeah, your body (laughs) is going through a ton and not even, like you said, bringing up the emotional side. So with everything the body experiences, you know, pregnancy, birth, and postpartum, when is it okay to resume that physical activity like exercising? Yeah, I think so. The when is it okay question is going to be different for everyone. And it, it, does make me happy that ACOG updated their guidelines and basically said that it totally depends on the, you know, on the type of birth. And, you know, some women are okay to resume exercise two days after birth and some women it takes six to eight weeks. But I want, you know, talking about those variables that play into when you should resume physical fitness is like what kind of, well, let's first, how active you were during pregnancy. So like if, if you were active and exercising up until the day you gave birth, your ability to resume exercise might be a little earlier than someone who was unable to work out during their pregnancy. The next thing is what type of birth. So did you have a C-section or vaginal? If you had a vaginal, was it traumatic? Was it complicated? Did you tear? Did you have, you know, just all of those things that play into it? Even like, I mean, (laughs) like I had a very slight tear with my second. I had a grade two tear with my first, but the worst hemorrhoids. And I couldn't walk for three weeks. Girl, I feel this to my (laughs) bones. The worst after birth, like sitting on a pillow for way too long. Oh my, I mean, it was like, (laughs) I remember like after between every feed, I would hand that like for the first two weeks, I would hand my baby to my (laughs) husband and say, I'm going to go take a sits bath. Like I can't, getting up the stairs was like just so at that point, I remember being like, oh my God, vaginal birth and the tear is so hard to recover. But it turned out because then what I was my, with my second baby, I did, I had the same tear, the exact same tear along the same line, but no hemorrhoids. And like I was up and exercising five days later. And so it was just, it was a totally different level of like my body just recovered in a totally different way. And like, so it changes from pregnancy to pregnancy. It changes from person to person. So to say, oh, it's, you know, this six week thing and everyone can just return. It's it's just so different. Also the demands of your infant, you know, 
are, are different. And so if you have a, a baby that is nursing all the time or is not sleeping at all, like your ability to return to exercise is completely dependent on what they're doing. And I don't think enough people take that into consideration as well. And then like returning to work, like, you know, not everyone gets a 12-week maternity leave. Some people have to go back after two weeks. And so their tissue isn't able to heal as effectively or quickly as other people's tissue. And so all of those things play into like what and when you are able to return to exercise. And I think the number one thing I want to hammer home is like, it's different for everybody and you need to know what's right for you and have a really open dialogue with your provider. <laughs> yeah. I amen to that because I understand where the six weeks, you know, rule kind of standard came from because obviously when the placenta leaves your body, it was attached to your uterus. So there's this wound inside your uterus from where your placenta was attached that, you know, you have to stop the bleeding. You don't want to hemorrhage. And you kind of use that bleeding as your gauge of, am I overdoing it or am I not? And, you know, so they want to make sure that, but that usually within two weeks should, you know, dissipate. Uh, But then it's the whole uterus, your, you know, your uterus was the size of like a small watermelon and it needs to get back that cute plum size shape by like six, you know, weeks ish. But that's why I wanted to chat with you. Like, you know, what else can we look for? But really it's the big thing seeing how do you feel, talk to your care provider, what type of delivery did you have, your needs of your baby, all of that. Did I get yeah. it right? Yep. And then I'm, the other thing I will say is that, you know, there's obviously varying opinions, but some women are just like itching to get back to exercise and some don't want to. I think like the one thing I want to say is like there's there's no need to rush back to the level of fitness that you were like even operating at the end of your third trimester. You know, like your body has gone through something like there can be serious repercussions if you try to return too soon. Like you could create pelvic issues, SI pain, like urinary incontinence, all these things happen when you exercise on a body that's already like out of alignment. You know, like it, it like that's kind of like off a little bit. Like, it's like you have to give your time yourself time to heal before you kind of try and remake yourself, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. Okay. So Sarah, I'm curious now, once you've gotten that like green light from your healthcare provider that like, okay, yes, you can resume, you know, physical activity, whatever. What are some great exercises that women can start with when beginning to work out after post-birth? Yeah, I think the most important thing that all women need to start with and not, you know, like not enough people do is breathing exercises. The diaphragmatic breathing, which is like deep belly breathing, is kind of what like awakens like all four components of your core. And like it, which and all those they were not talking to each other at the very end of pregnancy because they couldn't. It's really ma- figuring out how to get your diaphragm and your and your breath tied back together. The other thing I really like are bridges and heel slides and then practicing transverse abdominus isolations. So like, and, and like pelvic braces and like basically it's a Kegel and then also like the drawing up and in of your TA. It's, it's, it's like very core focused and making sure that your, like your breath and core are working together. 
The other thing that I also recommend is lots of upper body stretches and strengthening exercises because breastfeeding takes its toll on your posture, like oh, in a yeah. deep, deep way. Like I, you know, right. I, I think about like the first six weeks of postpartum with every single one of my pregnancies. I was just like, you're like kind of hunched over because you're trying to get that latch right. And then you're also, you're always looking at your baby. And so there's so many great like shoulder opening exercises and like yoga exercises that really help to open your body up. And like, that's where, where I would begin with my exercises. And we took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Then, you know, especially in that first six weeks where you're not really doing tons of exercise, you're not, you know, you're not getting, getting into it. I recommend doing lots of walking and kind of like looking at your entry back into exercise as a gradual thing. Like you don't just want, like, you don't go to the doctor at six weeks, get the okay and <laughs> come home and like do a P90X workout, right? Like, it's, <laughs> right. It's like this, like your body should be warmed up to the idea. And you will, if you, especially if you've been active throughout your pregnancy, you'll, you'll see how much faster you'll like recover and get back into it than you would have expected. Yeah. So with that, it's so good to know like things that are, are a great place to start off, but are there certain things? besides not doing like a P90X right after that checkup, <laughs> are there certain things that we want to avoid, like any certain movements or stretches or like the intensity or length of workout? Like what are things that we need to be mindful of that we want to avoid? Yeah, I, I just want to talk about everyday movements, which are super important because you're doing them every day and it's not just about the exercise. And this is especially for C-section mamas. You need to be careful getting in and out of bed getting out of the car, getting up from chairs, walking upstairs. All these things require movement of your core. So we recommend, you know, performing a pelvic brace when you're doing any of these types of movements so that your core is stable. And then for C-section mom is like whenever you're laughing or, or coughing or sneezing, utilizing like a pillow and putting pressure on your incision site. So that's just like everyday stuff that can be helpful. When it comes to exercise, because you still have relaxin leaving your body, you want to be careful with the single leg movements because you can kind of get your pelvis out of whack. So not tons of lunges or balancing movements. And then you want to be careful with specific core exercises that increase intra-abdominal pressure. And so like the one that everyone will flag is like a, a sit-up. Like those kinds of exercises are not great. But it really all depends on how you control your intra-abdominal pressure. And so you can tell that whether like if your belly is coning or doming and you can tell that you're you're not engaged in your core. And then 
like it's like if if you see coning if you're like doing a plank and you see your belly is like coning or doming I'm like trying to as I'm like holding my belly but I'm trying to explain <laughs> visually <laughs> like it means that there's too much pressure in there and that's basically pushing the linea alba out or basically it's your stomach is coming out between the muscle bellies. And then the last thing is high impact exercise is not the first thing you should jump to. You know, I know that there's a lot of runners out there that are just like itching to run again, but your pelvic floor has had so much stress on it and that you really need to make sure that all of the muscles that support your pelvis, your pelvic floor are ready for that type of impact. And it's not always at six weeks. Like it's, it's really closer to 12 weeks. And so like no jumping, you know, all that stuff that's just going to like feel, it's, it's also not going to feel great on your boobs. <laughs> your boobs no. <laughs> but yeah, I think like that would be my barometer. I'm like, if it doesn't feel good, great on your boobs without a supportive sports bra, it's probably not great for your pelvic floor because your pelvic floor is essentially the sports bra for your, all of your organs. internal organs. Yeah. <laughs> kind of a big deal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's for moms that whether they've had a vaginal birth or a C-section, like your pelvic floor has been through so much. I'm glad you mentioned that because that is one of the myths. I think that a lot of C-section mamas think like their pelvic floor is fine because the baby didn't go through it. But that's really just a small portion of it. Like your pelvic floor was supporting your baby for nine months. And, and you know, it has been stressed very significantly. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I really do think that C-section mamas are like, oh, well, I don't have to worry about that as much. Or, oh, you know, I shouldn't be peeing when I cough because I didn't have my baby vaginally. And I'm like, yeah, but you still carried a baby for Mm -hmm. nine months. So there's a lot of pressure that's been going on down there. So yeah, that makes sense, especially for runners. Yep. And the high impact stuff, like you, you can very quickly, like it's, it's very common to have urinary incontinence when you, re, when you return to high impact exercise too quickly. And that should be the indicator that your body is not ready. Yeah. And then potentially seeking further help. A hundred percent. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so what about length of workout? Like what, what's a good place to kind of get started with when you're doing that kind of, you know, the exercises you are talking about? Yeah. So, you know, we have a, we're, we're actually, we're about to launch a core restore program and those exercises are anywhere from five to 15 minutes. And that's like a six week program. And then my recommendation is to like, Anywhere between 20 and 30 minutes is totally enough to get you going. And then you can build on there. Like, you know, the whole like progression is the name of the game. It's like, don't like start with a 45 minute workout, kill yourself, and then not be able to return to it. I like to, we could actually, we kept all of our Juno workouts in the first, like in our postpartum one series under 40 minutes because the nap cycle is 40 minutes. And we wanted moms <laughs> to be able to get like, So it's like everything is 30 minutes. So you can get it in and feel great. And then, you know, <laughs> go back to your baby as soon as they wake up. Yeah. And it sounds counterintuitive, y'all who are listening, that like, oh, but I'm so tired. Like the last thing I want to do when my child is napping is do a workout. But I swear, like it really does give you so much more energy. It makes you feel a lot better. So even though you're like, oh, I'm dead tired, you will actually benefit from it in multiple ways, not only like just physically, but like just your energy level as well. 
it does sound counterintuitive, but there's nothing that gives you energy like a workout, especially yeah. when you're like when you are sleep deprived. <laughs> it's like my saving grace. Yeah. So moms, whether you're having your first baby or your fifth, if it's your fifth, you definitely <laughs> you need all the energy that you possibly can muster. And caffeine can only take you so far. So Yep. <laughs> So get that, get that where I schedule that where it's funny with my, it was so much easier for me to get my workouts in with my first two kids for some reason, you know, like adding a third kid in it's, it's, it was, it was so much harder. So I wouldn't even do it when he was napping. I would literally just put him on a mat in front of me and I would, you know, like between every like knee push up, I would give him a kiss. And just cause I was like, if, if I don't do this, I'm not getting it in and then I'm miserable and that's not good. <laughs> yeah. Not good for anybody. Okay. So when resuming that, you know, those activities, what should women be on the lookout for? Because you already said, you know, like the coning or doming, which y'all, when she says coning, it literally looks like your, your belly is becoming a cone Cone, because it's pushing in between your, like she said, linea nigra. And so it's separating your abdominal muscles. So that can lead to potential diastasis recti. So that's one of the things. So what are other things just in general, what should we be looking out for? So then we know like, oh, we're, we're overdoing it or, oh, it's okay. Just yeah. To be mindful of. Yes. So the things that you want to be on the lookout for with your pelvic floor is basically like a heaviness or a pressure in your vagina or rectum. That could be an indicator of a prolapse. Leakage of urine, difficulty holding your gas in. Um, All of those things, if you're experiencing any of them, like in exercise or out of exercise, you should definitely see a pelvic floor PT. And then on the, like the other thing to really be on the lookout for is if you have a diastasis recti and, you know, almost a hundred percent of women have a diastasis at third, you know, like in their, in their third, between 36 weeks and 40 weeks, like pretty much your linea alba needs to stretch in order to accommodate your belly. And so what happens when you have a diastasis recti is when that linea alba does not return back to it. It's basically been too stretched. And so most people, you'll be at be anywhere between six and eight weeks postpartum that diastasis should have gone away. It's like in 60% of people it has, and then in 80% of people af- after, I think it's like six months. But you can you can check this by laying flat on your back with your head on the floor and then putting two fingers like right into the muscle belly and then lifting your head up. And if your two muscle bellies like touch, then you are, then you don't have a diastasis. But like if it wraps around your, I don't know if I'm doing a great job explaining this, but if it wraps around your fingers, you should be fine. If it doesn't and you don't feel it around your fingers, then you, I also recommend seeing a pelvic floor PT, but there's a lot of core strengthening exercises that can help you minimize that diastasis. And it's not like a, like once you have a two, you know, a two inch, uh, two finger gap or a three finger gap, this isn't like the worst thing in the world. Like it just means that you have work to do and that you can't approach exercise without being super mindful of the exercises that you're doing. Yes. And so again, I get like, I need to want to focus on a gradual return so that you can be mindful to your, like mindful with your body and like what's comfortable. Like if you're, if you're walking and you feel heaviness, like 
that means something. And if you haven't been doing that gradual return to fitness, then all of a sudden you just start jumping around doing something at home or even at the gym, like you could do something worse than, than just, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause even if you feel great, like you just don't know what's going on internally. And right. so you have to, you have to be mindful for sure. Definitely. Those are really helpful things to kind of to know and be on the lookout for. But when people think that like, oh, I do have a little bit of a separation. I just need to do more crunches. I'm like, oh, that's like the last thing I think you want to do. So yeah, I I like how you said that there, there are lots of workouts that are available to you to work on that. But it's not just a simple ab workout that you may have done pre-pregnancy. It's actually, it's so interesting. When we were shooting the Core Restore program a couple, I mean, it was a month ago, and, you know, my our, our pelvic floor PT was, it, it talks you through everything and is showing it. And I, I literally looked at her and I was just like, oh my God, I, my lower belly is going to be so sore tomorrow. And it's like, <laughs> it's tiny, tiny movements because like learning how, learning the muscle control of engaging your pelvic floor, like squeezing, essentially squeezing your vagina. So you're doing a Kegel and then making sure that your transverse abdominus is like completely braced and then doing a tiny movement. You're like, oh my God, this is so hard. And so I think what happens with it is a lot of people don't feel like they're getting a workout when they're doing that, but they don't but they're missing how important these tiny movements are to their foundations. Yeah, for sure. Oh, I love that. So yeah, you guys, obviously you can go to Juna for more information on that. Is that going to be coming out sooner? Yes, it'll be January. Okay. Well, it'll be, it's out now then because this will be <laughs> live by then. So that's oh, good. fantastic. I love it. Okay. So any final thoughts, Sarah, like now that, you know, you've done this before, you've done this three times, you've had three babies, like any final thoughts or words of advice for our listeners, for, for moms post-birth? Yes, I have two things. I think the first thing I want to I want to leave you with is that like every pregnancy and every birth is different and so if if this is your third birth and you think that you're just going to return to fitness the same way you did with your second, I think like I challenge you to just to listen to your body in a way that like like really listen to your body for what it wants and needs because from pregnancy to pregnancy to like birth to birth, like my body responded so differently. And if I think that I like, it's just so important to return to exercise when you feel ready to, not when you think you should be ready to. So that's the first thing. And then the other thing is, is if returning to exercise is like one of your big goals, it's like you can't wait to get back to exercising, communicate that to your provider because they were the ones there like when you were the giving birth. Just say, hey, when do you, you know, based on my experience, based on this labor and this delivery, when do you think that I could return to fitness? And then stay in contact with them over the next two weeks and tell them how you're feeling. And and because it's not just, you don't have to just look at it as like, I have to wait until six weeks to talk, to find out from my provider if I can return to exercise. Like that's, I think like having that open line of communication, I think was one of my, like with my last birth, like I was with a midwife and after 10 days I said, Hey, do you think like I, you know, do you think it'd be okay if I start doing this light, light movement? And she was like, absolutely. Like you, you know, and it was, I felt like I had that, I felt much safer returning to what I wanted to be doing, knowing that she had been in there, seen it and gave me the okay. (laughs) 
Oh, yeah. And I love that because I think a lot of people just wait until their next doctor's visit. But I think it a good doctor should also be available either email or text or phone. So they may not get to you immediately, but eventually they will get back to you. And having that open line of communication of like, you know, better understanding your body and what you can do is so important. So I love that tip. The one, and by the way, I just have to say this because it kind of came up earlier when we were talking about, you know, return to sex, return to exercise at six weeks. And I need, this is like one thing I need to say, not everybody is ready to return to sex after six weeks. And so don't feel that like that pressure to return to sex after six weeks. (laughs) I remember after my first kid, I was like, six weeks, we're going to have sex. Okay. I got the okay. Now we're going to do it. I'm going to mentally get my head around it. We're going to do it. And I literally like, I I was like, it was the most painful thing. I was like, get it out. I'm not doing this. (laughs) And I'm so glad you're sharing that because you know what? I waited three months. Like, sorry, (laughs) but I just wasn't, I wasn't mentally, emotionally, like I just was exhausted. There was nothing more that I, I could give because I was just giving myself to my child so much that it's okay to wait. And I felt bad. And my husband was like, I was just waiting till you told me, I don't know. Oh, I love that. I love that he just waited. No, he was like, he didn't even know the six week rule. And he was just like, I don't know. I was just waiting until you told me it was okay. And I was like, thank God I didn't say anything because I was not ready. So I'm glad to hear that you weren't ready either. And it's okay to, to go when you're ready. It's not just a, a, a marker of six weeks. Exactly. And, and you know what, honestly, like some people, again, same with exercise, some people heal really quickly. Other people do not. And so nine weeks is better for them vaginally or, you know, 12 weeks, who, who knows? But like, I, it's, I think it's, again, it's like, it's personal to you and don't feel any amount of like external pressure. Do what's right for you. Amen. Oh, yes. Love that. (laughs) Fantastic. So Sarah, where can our listeners find you? I know that you mentioned a little bit, but give us all the handles and, and stats. On Instagram, you can find us at Juna, J-U-N-A dot moms. And um, you can find the Juna app on the iOS app store and Android app store. We're available on both. Um, if you just search Juna, it will come up. I think on the Android app store, you might have to type in <laughs> we're not that that high in search for them, but because we it was very it's very new. We launched it in November, but you should find us on both platforms. And uh, we also have a website, Juna.co. But if you have any questions, I'm always on DM on Juna.mom. So feel free to reach out. Love that. Fantastic. Thank you again for chatting with us today, Sarah. You have given us some great advice on like what we need to be mindful of when resuming physical activity after birth. So thank you again for your time. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. And for our listeners to learn more about Sarah and her company, Juna, as she said, visit her on Instagram at Juna.moms, as well as her website, www.juna.co. Our team will be posting today's website on our Baby Chick Facebook page. So if you have any questions about exercising after birth or any stories you would like to share of your own, share them with us in the comments. As always, if you haven't already, please subscribe to Chick Chat, the Baby Chick podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for for tuning in and cheers to a healthier motherhood.